Josh Haston here, Israel Uncensored, on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com. It is Monday, the 20th of June, 2022, the 21st of Sivan 5782, coming to you this morning from beautiful Gush Etzion, the hills of Judea, just south of Jerusalem. Hope you are well, hope you are safe in your part of the world. You can get in touch with me during the week, Josh at thelandofisrael.com, on Facebook, Joshua Haston, or check out my page, Josh Haston Israel Journalism, also on Twitter and Instagram. Um, let's get right to the news here. This morning, terrorists in Gaza launched a rocket at the Israeli town of Ashkelon over Shabbat. The rocket was intercepted by the Iron Dome system. JNS reports that the Israeli Air Force struck four Hamas targets on Saturday in response to the rocket attack uh, from Gaza on southern Israel on Friday night, or early Shabbat morning, any way you want to look at it. The rocket, which was intercepted, set off warning sirens in Ashkelon and nearby areas. Remember when, I remember there was a speech in the Knesset years and years ago, I think when they were debating whether or not the IDF should pull out of Gaza. And they were debating whether we should pull out all the residents, the Jewish residents of Gush Katif in Gaza. And there was one MK, I don't remember who it was, who laughed and said it was a complete joke that the terrorists would ever fire rockets at Ashkelon. Well, they certainly have fired many, many rockets on Ashkelon and many other places. So I won't say the joke was on him because it's not funny and it's not a joke, but how wrong, how clearly wrong he was. And again, I don't know which MK it was long time ago, but how mistaken they were to recommend pulling out of Gaza. So again, the IDF targeted a weapons manufacturing site located inside a Hamas military post as well as three military posts belonging to Hamas in Gaza, according to the IDF. Uh, Times of Israel adds that members of the Hamas terror group returned to an observation post, and I've seen these pictures, that overlooks uh, the Israeli town of Nativ HaAsara, right next to the border with Gaza. They arrived there on Saturday afternoon and raised flags at the site, not long after it was damaged in an IDF strike. So the IDF targeted these Hamas military posts, including this one, I would call it like a wooden tower. And basically Hamas put up this tower close to the community of Nativa Asara, just to give you a, a, a little insight on how close Hamas is from Israeli communities. So Israel is uh, attacked by rockets. Israel responds and damages this observation post. And within hours, Hamas rebuilt the observation post, put up a big flag with pictures of terrorists on this observation post, and also had a lot of other wording, including something to the effect of, uh, we are going to uh, end the occupation or destroy the occupiers. Now remember, Nativa Sarah isn't a so-called settlement in Judea and Samaria. It is in consensus Israel, and I hate even using those terms. It's in pre-1967 Israel. It's in southern Israel. It just shows you Hamas is not about Judea and Samaria or destroying Jewish life in Judea and Samaria. They're looking for 
the destruction of the entire state of Israel. So here you have a tower observing the residents in the Tivasara. How scary is that? With the big signs on this tower praising terrorism and having pictures of terrorists on it. And what did the IDF do? They sent over a few, you know, missiles or whatnot. And again, I'm not blaming our soldiers or our Air Force, God forbid. But they attacked this observation post and it was rebuilt in just a few hours. So, uh, and residents, by the way, the report here says residents of the community in Ativa expressed disappointment that the strike did not completely demolish the site that overlooks their homes. Again, so it seems that Israel's response, once again, just merely symbolic, not really causing any damage or harm to Hamas's hold, uh, to the Hamas occupation, if you will, over Gaza. Just a symbolic retaliation so that we can say we did something. And I'm not saying this as a, again, this isn't a praise of previous governments because many previous governments did the same thing. They would send a message, I guess, or a very weak message that Israel's not going to tolerate rocket strikes and we're going to target Hamas, but you know, him hitting empty buildings and not even taking out a simple, it looks like a wooden observation point, which terrorizes a Jewish community in the South is just unacceptable, in my opinion, regardless of who the prime minister is. It's unacceptable to send these meaningless messages that do not cause deterrence. The Jerusalem Post reported that Israel is seeking to allow residents of the South to live a quiet life while preventing Hamas from growing stronger in Gaza. This is what Prime Minister Naftali Bennett said at the opening of yesterday's cabinet meeting. He said, quote, unlike in the past, we are not making excuses for the terrorists. We're not calling them rebels against, against Hamas or saying that there was an electrical short because apparently in the past they had rockets which were fired and uh, and the leadership here in Israel said, no, really, it wasn't rockets fired. It was a malfunction in the system. It was a lightning strike, all sorts of things. That's what Bennett was referring to, Prime Minister Bennett. He added, as far as we are concerned, Hamas is the address. Again, this could be a potentially could have been Islamic Jihad, which launched launched these rockets. But Hamas is the address, he said. Bennett also pointed out that Gazan terrorists only shot seven rockets into Israel in the past year with no people injured, making it the quiet, quietest year on record since the Jewish state evacuated the coastal enclave in 2005. Again, politics here. Only seven rockets fired into Israel. Does that mean that the Bennett government is doing more to thwart terror, is causing a greater deterrence? Or perhaps it has something to do with the political makeup of the current Israeli coalition and the Ram party and any type of behind the scenes deals there between the parties, the Arab parties and the Knesset and those in Gaza. In other words, I wouldn't be surprised if they were told the terrorists in Gaza were told, listen, let's keep it quiet because we now we have Israelis. Israeli Arabs and the Ram Party, which are actually a part of the governing coalition, which is a first. Let's keep things quiet, and that way we can stay in power. That seems to be more realistic and, and logical 
than any type of deterrence in which we are targeting empty buildings. Uh, Naftali, Benny, Naftali Bennett, the prime minister, continued. He said, when this government was established, we changed our policy towards Hamas in several dimensions. We immediately stopped the transfer of suitcases of dollars to Hamas, moved from a policy of accepting rocket fire on Israelis to one of zero tolerance. That's what he's saying. The prime minister insists on total quiet for the residents of Ashkelon, Sterot, and the Gaza envelope. Time will tell. Let's see how long the terrorists. Well, they didn't hold out. They didn't hold back on Friday night when they fired a rocket at what was it, two, three in the morning? That they did. And let's see. Let's see if this is a beginning of another wave of rockets. And then what will the government say if Hamas or Islamic Jihad fires fifty or a hundred to two hundred rockets at Israel? Let's see what happens. Again, obviously, I'm not hoping for that to happen. I don't want that to happen. I hope the prime minister is right. And creating a deterrence or claiming to create a deterrence, I just don't see it. I don't see a deterrence here. Times of Israel, on the same story here, they say that Israel froze a move that would expand the quota of work permits for Gazans to 14,000 on Saturday after terrorists fired the rocket towards southern Israel. Israel's military liaison to the Palestinians, so-called Palestinians, widely known as Kogat, had announced Thursday an additional 2,000 permits would be added to the quota. So again, I guess it was 12,000 Gazans who were working in Israel proper pre-1967 Israel, and it was supposed to go up to 14,000, but after the rocket attack, Defense Minister Gans decided to freeze the move. So 2,000 less permits. That is the response or the punishment, if you will. That is the price that they are paying for launching a rocket. In my opinion, these moves are a joke. They usually last for two or three days, and then Israel lifts these permits. Or if you're talking about the fishing zone, you know, Israel will, will uh, close a fishing zone or, or say that the farmer, the uh, fishermen in Gaza can only go out a certain distance from the shore instead of 12 kilometers, they can only go 10 kilometers. And again, that usually lasts for a day or two. Then Israel decides, no, now that things are quiet, you can go out. So it's basically a day or two. And it's a cycle over and over again. They launch a rocket. Israel closes the fishing zone a day or two. In this case, canceling permits for a few days. And then our government lulls us to sleep and goes forward and lifts these measures. It happens time and time again. And this is, I'm sorry, this is not a deterrence. They know the drill. They know if they stop fire rockets for a day or two, things will go back to normal and no true deterrence was created. And that is the bottom line. We need to create a true deterrence that Hamas or Islamic Jihad knows if they launch a rocket, one rocket, just one, there is a price to pay. And if Israel knows where these rockets are being stored, where the launching pads are, I would argue we should not wait until they launch the rockets, I would take out their capabilities even before they launch these rockets. Now, the Jewish press reported here this morning that residents and passerby, passerbyers, I guess is the word, people in several Jerusalem neighborhoods last night were sent running for cover when a rocket alert siren wailed across the country. The National Cyber System 
suspects that the alarms were activated on Sunday night in Jerusalem and also in the town of Eilat in the south as a result of a cyber attack on the public address system's interface. In a statement issued, perhaps Iranian, by the way, we don't know for sure. In a statement issued Monday morning, this morning, the Home Front Command stated that the municipalities had been instructed to take prompt measures to protect their public address systems. The Home Front Command also stressed that the civilian systems had been hacked. The announcement did not specify who was behind the attack. So again, I did see these reports on Facebook from friends who were saying, "Is are we being under? Are we under attack uh, last night?" A lot of concerned people out there who thought. I think in the neighborhood of Arnona and some of the other neighborhoods, people were like, is this war? Are we under attack? She'll be running to the shelters. But people were concerned and and it looks like people were actually heading for the shelters because of a cyber attack on the public address systems. Not the, let's be clear, it's not an attack on the national security alarms, rather the PA systems within these various neighborhoods, within the, within, the, within the various cities here in Israel. So what does it mean? Are we going to see more of these uh, cyber uh, attacks? Is this uh, some sort of retaliation because Israel is being accused of carrying out cyber attacks in Iran? I don't know. But uh, certainly no picnic for those who had to run to the shelters in Jerusalem and a lot last night thinking that we were either at war or or. Rockets were being launched at these various cities. Moving on, Times of Israel says that Russia, ironically, is putting together a proposal for a UN Security Council resolution condemning Israel, which it blames for a recent attack on Damascus on the airport that put the site out of commission for several days. TOI citing the Khan Public Broadcasting Authority. Israeli officials confirmed to the station that Russia is working on the resolution, but doubted it would gain enough support to pass. A draft memo declares that the attack was carried out against international law. That's again Russia accusing Israel of carrying out an attack against international law, undermining regional stability, violating Syrian sovereignty, blah, blah, blah. And although Israel has not confirmed it was behind the strike, And details remain unclear. Lebanon has in the past complained to the UN after Israeli jets allegedly violated its airspace to carry out airstrikes on targets in Syria. Again, Israel carrying out self-defense measures against Hezbollah, another terror Iranian-based terror or based or backed terror targets in Syria and in Lebanon and all these other places and Russia now who has launched a war of aggression on the Ukraine is lashing out at Israel. But that's the UN for you. You know, even if this doesn't pass, it just shows you what a joke the UN is. Complete joke that they can introduce this measure against Israel. I also read this morning somewhere the Ukraine is complaining that Israel is not doing enough. So Russia is complaining, the Ukraine is complaining, and they're taking it out on Israel. I wonder if, if either country is going after other countries around the world in terms of their, I don't I mean, I don't know what Russia, what beef Russia has with other countries, but what beef does the Ukraine have? If it's specifically uh, against uh, Israel and only Israel, but it seems like both sides, even though our prime minister, Naftali Bennett, he said he was going to try to bring the sides together, 
See, Israel does good, and then it just comes to bite us in the uh, backside. Trying to do good for both Russia and the Ukraine and bring peace and all this other stuff we're trying to do. And now you have Russia condemning Israel at the UN. You have, you have the Ukraine complaining that we're not doing enough. But uh, Russia, the chutzpah of Russia targeting Israel right now, Israel Hayom added that Russia is putting the world at risk of famine through its blockade of Ukraine supply, uh, Ukraine shipment rather, of grains and restrictions on its own exports, the UN, foreign, uh, UN policy chief said on Saturday. So this is who Russia is, launching a war of aggression, potentially causing the world at risk of famine, and they're busy threatening Israel for acting in self-defense. That is where we are. That is Russia. That is the UN for you. Nothing new, though. Really nothing new. Nothing new under the sun when it comes to Israel. The world's obsession with the Jewish state continues each and every day. We could speak about this each and every week from different countries and in different capacities. But this is the world's obsession with Israel. JNS Via Israel Hayom reported yesterday that Israeli Defense Minister Benny Gantz over the weekend urged Israeli nationals visiting Turkey to follow the recommendations issued by the ministry to minimize risk amid the threat of Iranian attack. I think it's specifically for Istanbul. I don't know if it is expanded to other areas in the country. Um, but last week, the National Security Council's Counterterrorism Bureau raised its travel warning here in this case for Istanbul to the highest level possible, the Level 4 Travel Advisory stipulates that Israelis should not travel to Istanbul and that any Israelis currently there should leave immediately. However, <laughs> this is the way Israelis roll, folks. Compliance has been partial at best, with officials criticizing those Israelis failing to heed the warnings for not demonstrating greater personal responsibility. <laughs> It's just the way it is, folks, okay? Israelis love to travel. And if an Israeli has a planned uh, vacation to Turkey, even if there's a terror threat, terror warning, they're still going to go. <laughs> they're still going to go to Turkey because that is where the hotel is. That is where the vacation was planned. Don't mess with Israelis and their travel plans. I'm telling you. You don't want to get involved in that. I'm just joking, of course. Obviously, if there's a terror, a level four travel advisory, okay, Israelis, I think, should really take uh, take notice and take that into consideration when making their travel plans. But a lot of Israelis just don't care, you know, with the terrorism we have here in this country, with the obsession Israeli has Israelis have with travel and visiting countries all over the world. That is why, uh, according to this report, many Israelis not taking heed and continuing to go to Istanbul. Um, continuing here with this news report, Israel had obtained intelligence that several Iranian terrorist squads were actively hunting Israelis via social media and at major tourist sites in the country, I should say in the city of Istanbul, with the aim of abducting or killing them, said Gans. Israeli authorities estimate that there are currently over 2,000 Israelis in Istanbul, a highly popular destination amongst Israelis. That's the way it is. TOI adds, an Israeli television network reported yesterday that top officials are also concerned over travel, 
for Israelis to the UAE, Bahrain, Jordan, and Egypt. Channel 13 News, citing unnamed Israeli security officials, said Sunday that while the threat in the other destinations is not concrete, dangers could soon emerge if Tehran gets, quote, desperate to commit an attack. So potential travel warnings in other countries for Israelis throughout the Middle East, um, but certainly Istanbul. Again, if I'm flying, if I'm scheduled to fly through Istanbul or travel or vacation there, I personally am, am going to cancel at this point, but many Israelis will not do that. They will just don't mess with the travel plans of Israelis. They just, no matter what, they're going, and that's all there is to it. The Jerusalem Post reports that three Arabs were killed. It says Palestinians here. I use the word Arabs were killed. Ten others were injured in armed clashes with IDF soldiers in Janine on Friday morning, according to the Palestinian Health Ministry. The clashes broke out as IDF soldiers entered Janine to confiscate illegal weapons from two locations, according to the IDF spokesperson. As the soldiers approached the first target, they fell under heavy gunfire and explosives were thrown at them. The soldiers responded with live fire. On their way to the second target, soldiers from the elite Sayart Golani Brigade noticed a suspicious vehicle on the side of the road. The occupants of the vehicle opened fire at the soldiers. Israeli forces shot back and killed the gunmen. In the vehicle, the soldiers found two M16 rifles, other submachine guns, magazines, a bulletproof vest, and, of course, the anti-Israel propagandists. They will lie. They'll say Israel carried out an execution. There'll be calls for revenge. By the way, I saw one of these guys who was killed, one of these terrorists, buried with an ISIS flag. That's who these people are. Uh, and these are the people we're dealing with in Janine, which is a hornet's nest of terror. Let's pray that God protects our soldiers who are dealing with this stuff 24-7. A lot of stuff that is not reported by the media. But they are dealing with this 24-7 in order to keep Israelis safe. That hornet's nest, nest needs to be wiped out in Janine. As we did back in, uh, what was it, 2002, when Janine was the center of all the anti-Israel terror. Once again, it looks like Janine needs to be uh, cleaned out of all the terrorists. Got to wipe out the hornet's, nests of, uh, hornet's nest of terror in Janine. Israel Hayom reports, Iran here, we're talking. Iran is currently building an extensive underground facility and network of tunnels near... It's Natan's nuclear plant, the New York Times reported on Thursday. Um, that facility is Iran's chief enrichment complex and houses both its commercial fuel enrichment plant and a uranium enrichment facility. The complex consists of three underground buildings and six topside buildings. The more sensitive facilities are all underground to protect them from an aerial assault. Citing Israeli and U.S. intelligence sources, the report noted that the construction's outline resembles the one employed at the Fordo fuel enrichment plant, the plant located 20 miles northeast of the city of, how do you pronounce it, Q-O-M, is it Qam, at a former, former Islamic Revolutionary Guard base, was also built under a mountain to protect it from airstrikes. The construction of the, comp of the complex tunnel network has been monitored by intelligence officials using satellite imagery, the New York Times noted, adding the underground facility has been clearly designed to withstand cyber attacks and the use of bunker buster bombs.
which are munitions designed to penetrate targets buried deep underground, especially in mountainous ter terrain. So here you have this extensive underground facility being built by Iran. Israel might have to, bottom line, Israel might have to act sooner rather than later if this is the case, if they're storing their nuclear weapons and capabilities and whatnot underground, and if they cannot be reached by bunker buster bombs, if in fact this site becomes operational, then uh, it could be much harder to take out their nuclear capabilities. And uh, whether we have to act alone or whether we have help, it, it seems like, again, I don't have all the military intelligence just basing it on the news that anyone can access. It seems that Israel will have to sooner rather than later uh, go at go at it in a serious way against Iran, who has vowed to wipe Israel off the face of the earth. And let's just remember that we are considered the little Satan, while the U.S. is considered the big Satan. So this is a, a threat to the world community, especially Israel, the Gulf countries, who uh, who have sided with Israel against Iran. And eventually, perhaps, perhaps a threat to the U.S. So this is a major, major um, topic which needs to be dealt with sooner rather than later. And finishing off with some good news, some positive news. TOI reports that Israeli rhythmic gymnast Daria Atamanov won the gold medal at the 2022 European Championships. And where were they held? They were actually held here in Israel, in Tel Aviv, over the weekend. Again, Daria Atamanov, gold medalist, world, uh, European champion. Later in the day, Israel's rhythmic gymnastics team took the gold in the group all-around category, narrow, narrowly defeating uh, Team Italy. Azerbaijan came in third. The 16-year-old Atamanov defeated her Bulgarian competitor, to take home the all-around title. So congratulations both to the Rhythmic Gymnastics team and to Daria Atamanov, who won a gold medal at this championship. I didn't even know it was being held here in Israel, but congrats to Team Israel. Looks like it was a very, very successful weekend there in the sport of Rhythmic Gymnastics. And that's going to do it for today's show. My name is Josh Haston. This has been another edition of Israel Uncensored on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com for the 20th of June, 2022, the 21st of Sivan, 5782. Hope you are safe. Hope you are well in your part of the world. Big shout out to Benjamin Bresky, engineer extraordinaire, Tabitha Epstein for everything she does behind the scenes. Get in touch with me during the week. Josh at thelandofisrael.com on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Your choice. Feel free to write in. Let me know what you think of the show. Love the show. Hate the show. Suggestions. Um, whatever's on your mind. Happy to read your emails on the air when they come in. That's going to do it from beautiful Gush Etzion, Judea, Israel. Jews are from Judea, folks. It's that simple. It's that natural. Jews are from Judea. I'm staring out over the mountains of Judea on a beautiful, beautiful Monday morning here in the Jewish state. Everyone out there in the wonderful world of ours, be safe. Have a great week, everyone. Shalom, shalom from Israel. Rejuvenate yourself with Rejuvenation, hosted by Eve Harrow. New episode every Tuesday on the Land of Israel Network. Each week, Eve interviews a new fascinating person, highlighting their personal stories. 
That's Rejuvenation with Eve Harrow, connecting Israel's past, present, and future on the Land of Israel Network at thelandofisrael.com.